Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. That is not good company, but I'm keeping good company with my fellas, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance, all of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Just give me 15 seconds to talk about the one thing everybody's talking about, then we'll get right into the subject we want to talk about, the best backup in the league. Handle it. As we all know, Key and Jay, you guys know this, sports has always been ahead of society. Always. And I'm just going to make it granular. In college football, we used to care about the polls. Now the polls mean nothing. Mm. The only thing that matters are rankings. Jay, you know this in college basketball. Being in the top 25 poll does not guarantee you a spot in March Madness. And sports, being ahead of society. Maybe society is catching up to sports because no matter how you voted yesterday or in advance, stood in a line, mailed it in, how long it took, or whom you voted for on either side, I think one thing we may learn, no matter what happens, is polls may not be trusted in society the way they are no longer trusted in sports. Let's That's a get great bipartisan comment. Thank you very much. Let's get go. to the spot that begins and ends with trust in the NFL. That's the quarterback position. No Dak Prescott. No Andy Dalton concussion reserve COVID-19 list. You won't see him this Sunday. Jerry Jones, Cowboys owner, is pretty firm after these comments yesterday on Shannon RJ 105.3, the fan in Dallas's weekly radio spot. Pretty sure you're not going to see Dak. You're not going to see Andy Dalton. And you are not going to see Ben DiNucci. Well, I think uh, that, that it was a lot for him. I think we uh, uh, certainly, as a team, paid the price. Uh, to uh, have him come in and, and uh, under those circumstances, and uh, and that's almost right. Uh, it was uh, frankly uh, more than he could handle. I don't know uh, what you could have expected for somebody to come in under those circumstances. So that's Jerry being pretty definitive. They're now down to Garrett Gilbert, who's a 29-year-old practice squad player, or Cooper Rush, who's been in and around the organization as well. We'll see what happens. The Cowboys, <laughs> as if things couldn't get worse, they get the Steelers, the league's lone undefeated team, Sunday afternoon in Dallas, where they're currently a 13-and-a-half-point underdog. So it kind of leads to the discussion, fellas. Uh, we kind of felt like Andy Dalton at a $3 million clip, 7 mil with incentives that he probably won't hit now, but at $3 million, even 7 million would be a great backup quarterback, a great option, a guy that's gone to the playoffs, but he is now out of the mix. So it stands to reason, who is now the best backup quarterback currently key in the National Football League? I think you can go around the league, obviously, and you can start finding guys. Eh, you can make cases for pretty much everybody, and I and I kind of did that in a short order last night and then again this morning. Um, I thought about Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I moved on from that. And I moved on to Jameis Winston in New Orleans, and here's why. Mm -hmm. I trust Sean Payton more than I do uh, Shane Gailey, the offensive coordinator, play caller for the Miami Dolphins. Jameis Winston has been productive in the National Football League. Although he threw 30 interceptions, I would discount 15 of those between bad routes, Balls off hands of receivers. Mm-hmm. So I'm slicing that in half just because I know there's a lot that go into throwing 30 interceptions. It, it's not just, here, here's the football to the other team, like people make it out to be. Um, and on top of that, Jameis off the field history from college and into the pros also kind of plays a part on the way people perceive him about the interceptions and his lack of play at times. You look at Teddy Bridgewater. You look what he did when he was in New Orleans as a backup under Sean Payton. So for me, it's Jameis Winston. 
Jay? You sure about that? 100%. Are you, are you really sure about that? You're 100%. just arguing with me for the sake of arguing with me. I'm not arguing with anybody. I, it so it you, wasn't you, an argument. You turned it into an argument. I just said I thought about Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then I thought about it again, and I said, you know what? It makes more sense because Jameis Winston is with Sean Payton. I trust Sean Payton as a play caller. I don't necessarily trust Shane Gailey and his style and the things that he is capable of doing with quarterbacks and the history in watching him coach in the National Football League. On top of Jameis Winston being a really good player, he's just yeah, getting I, you fired up for first take. He's I just know. getting you warmed up yeah, for I'm first take this up. morning. But let me, but key, <laughs> but what, what, is, what does play calling have to do with throwing interceptions? It, it has a lot to do with throwing interceptions because a play caller puts you in a position to not make mistakes, not allow you to drop back fifty times. Teddy Bridgewater was did a great job in five games in New Orleans, and again, I discount half of the interceptions because. If you watch games, receivers run wrong routes sometimes. They drop balls. Even to the point where God, when his receiver in Tampa said, all of them are not on Jameis Winston. I understand that, but I also just watched Jason Garrett and the Giants play the other night, and I thought Jason Garrett did a hell of a job from play calling. I saw Daniel Jones force a lot of balls. I seen Jameis Winston force a lot of balls. Yeah, I but thought, those, I thought we those picks with Daniel Jones was some ill-advised throws th- that it just under duress and just decided, I'm going to throw the ball away to the other team. That's not Jameis. Jameis wasn't doing that. He had to get the LASIK surgery to make sure that he can oh, see man. the fit. Just, I'm just asking. Give a, just give I'm just a, asking. Just give us your backup, man. Please. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I thought you Jesus. and I both agreed on this. I mean, a guy that threw for six TDs. And my question is, I don't know what you've seen from Jameis Winston recently that would make you think. Last time I remember Jameis Winston Well, you're playing, not going to see anything I know, obviously. from a backup. Backups don't well, I play. Saw, I, uh, well, I saw Ryan Fitzpatrick They're, play a lot well, before he, he became a, a backup. He was he a starter and then became a backup. He was a starter that became a backup. Yeah. But I can go to Jameis Winston's film from a year ago if you want to watch him. Now, I'm not anticipating him to play in New Orleans, but if he does play in New Orleans, I'm comfortable with him and Sean Payton continuing to win games. Didn't this man just yell at me in the first segment for cutting him off? But yet I've been cut off four times thus far just trying to make my point about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Can I get some respect, Keyshawn? Just a little. Can you put some respect on his name, Lee? Uh, he's not, now he's not going to talk. Now he's not going to – I know I know when Key gets this way, he gets salty, he's not going to want to talk to me. All right. All I'm saying is Ryan Fitzpatrick, six TDs, and I, if you're looking at Jameis Winston as a prospect, I get that. I would take Winston over Fitzpatrick. I'm just saying from the body of work that I've seen from Ryan P- Fitzpatrick this year and to the success he's had with the Miami Dolphins, I would take Ryan Fitzpatrick as a leader and a backup QB over Jameis Winston right now. I, 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 don't, I just don't think Jay Will is listening. I don't think he's listening. I do too. It's not about what he's doing this year and whether or not he's playing. It's about the head coach. It's about the system. It's about Sean Payton knowing what to do with Jameis Winston, much like he did with Teddy Bridgewater. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not looking at the 30 interceptions in the 5,000 yards and the 30 touchdowns that Jameis Winston threw for in an offense with Bruce Arians, notably, as you know, Zeke. Yes. With quarterbacks in their first year with Jameis Winston outside of Tom Brady, there's a high interception rate with Bruce Arians. Right. Because just, just saying. Correct. The reason for that is he's a no risk it, no biscuit. He wants to throw it all over the just field, saying. putting guys in bad spots, throwing into coverage. You know, so Jay, he is a risky. That's all. I, I mean, you are the football expert. I'm the fan. I, 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 that's a great point. Speaking <laughs> of the fans, I want to get to the fans because this morning on the Dr. Pepper Twitter line, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, or on Key, J, and Z. We're essentially asking you who's part of the Jets' solution and who's part 
of the problem. Everybody's got to take some culpability here. Darnold, Gase, the head coach, and the general manager, Joe Douglas. Let's head right to the phone line. Sean in New York at the epicenter of it all on ESPN Radio. What do you think? What up, Sean? Morning, guys, man. It is painful to be a Jets fan. I'm going to be honest with you, but here's what I would say. I don't know with Sam Darnold yet. I'm with Key. For now, he has to be part of the solution. This Gase experiment has been a nightmare. If you put in the kid from Clemson in the same spot, how is he going to be any better, Jay? He's in an ACC basketball conference with superior talent. Put him in the NFL with no blocking and no wide receivers to throw to, not a great halfback. I feel like you take that draft capital, you start to fill in the holes, and maybe two or three years from now we say, you know what? Darnold's no longer part of the solution, but you've got to build a core and then go from there. So I'm just – Gay's experiment's been painful. Key, he should have been gone. I don't know what's going on, but I just feel like for now, Darnold's got to be part of the solution. Get some draft pieces. James, can I ask you a question, James? You, this is twice now that you said for now. I mean, we're at the midway point, right? I mean, midway point of the season. So what you're saying is you're open to things changing in the next eight games or so. That's a possibility for you, correct? I don't know that anything's going to change, but I'm just saying Darnold for now, without the pieces around him, I mean, put Keyshawn Johnson in that offense and let Darnold have a guy like that to throw to. It looks different. He's having to throw to guys that are much better than me. So I, for now, Darnold's part of the solution. Get some draft capital and, and take a snap in 18 months, Jay, and see what happens. But ACC is a basketball conference, man. Don't get too crazy. <laughs> you can't use the basketball conference thing. I mean, look at Clemson's dominance. Look at their dominance. I understand what he's saying. I hear what he's saying. Football-wise, Florida stays down. Miami is not really what people thought they were in the beginning of the season. I, I kind of get it. I understand. We got to go to break now. That we do. Let me just give you an update on what people are saying on our Twitter poll with regard to that question. We essentially have collated everything. We're asking you again on the Key Jay-Z Twitter Nation, who will be a part of the Jets' solution? Sam Darnold, Joe Douglas, both, neither. 59% of the early returns mm. have said... Neither, not particularly bullish, including Mike Marici, who just hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, said, I hope I got your name right after years and years of people getting my name wrong. I'm sensitive to that. Joe Douglas is a good GM. Give him time to hire his coach and draft his guys. That essentially is in some ways encapsulating what Key said, and obviously Key's been much stronger on Sam Darnold as well. Coming up next, how much will A.B.? Add to TB and the offense down in Tampa. That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 8. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. A to Z is brought to you by Redbox. Redbox has new movies at the box and streaming on demand from the producers of Get Out and Us. Don't miss Antebellum starring Janelle Monet. Visit Redbox.com for all the ways to watch. You just heard Jay adding to the soundtrack. We're going to add Jay's perspective on this story in just a second. Wisconsin, Purdue, done Saturday, you might recall the previous week, Wisconsin and Nebraska were done. This is because of positive COVID tests that are just piling up for the Badgers football program. And in the state of Wisconsin, they will officially go down as no contests in Big Ten lore. However, can Wisconsin win the West and play in the Big Ten championship game if they've already had two games canceled and perhaps more on the horizon a guy that will have a big say is Wisconsin Athletic Director Barry Alvarez, our former legendary head coach, a very, very influential guy. Right now, five or six is right where you're teetering if you take a look at the Big Ten math and how they want to do this to find representation. So, Barry, six games maybe to get a shot at maybe the playoff? What do you think? I'm concerned with the health and safety of the guys. I, I, I There's no one wants to be on that field any more than I do. But I'm not going to lose – lose track of, of priorities, um, which is we, we don't leave ourselves much wiggle room right now. And and we know that, but uh, hopefully we can get this corralled and we can get back in, uh, back on the field and playing. I hear so much struggle in his voice. Yes, we are concerned with the players' health and safety, but we only have five games left on our schedule. And remember, we have to win. We have to at least play six games in order to be eligible for the Big Ten Championship, Wisconsin looks like, talent-wise, they should be in that championship game, but they may not get there. No question about it. And when you juxtapose it to all the other teams in the Big Ten, they could have pulled Nebraska, their first opponent, and said, we'll do anything to play. They haven't. They've had two opportunities to play, and each and every time they have said, we're not going to do it. Priorities over pigskin, as Barry Alvarez said. Okay, more pigskin. NFL, go, Jay. I hope they do because if they don't, if IU gets there, then I'm going to hear my father and mother-in-law talk about Indiana all day, every day. They already do. We'll see. Indiana's got a big game against Michigan coming up this week. Huge spot for the Hoosiers. The Bucks have activated Antonio Brown as expected. Remember, he had the eight-week slash eight-game, game week, whatever you want to call it, suspension for half the season. We're now at week nine. It starts tomorrow. The Bucks will play the New Orleans Saints on Sunday night football. Head coach Bruce Arians, who's got a little history with A.B., on the dual paths he's going to have to navigate here. He has to handle his own business off the field. On the mm-hmm. field, just define your role, accept it, embrace it, and uh, – Make sure you're making the right plays, and uh, we'll get you the ball. Coach, speak, keep it. It makes sense. Yeah, you just you you they'll figure out how to get him the football as long as he's doing everything that he's supposed to do on the football field. Uh, he's a talented guy. Uh, the one thing that you you hope and you kind of know he's in shape, but is he in football sh- shape? Is he in stop and start shape? And I think he may be. Uh, they'll get him the ball. I'm not 
He'll be fine in Tampa. One thing I would always say, no matter what you want to say about this guy, and plenty has been said, when it comes to his physical fitness, he always gets yeah. the benefit of the doubt. Even the teams he's left are like, man, Antonio Brown came in in good shape and it made our practices a whole lot better. Let's dig into this topic much further right now. Not a great performance by Brady. The ugly was Brady. Bruce Aarons doesn't figure out quickly. It's going to look a lot like James. I thought the offense did look out of sync. You can't possibly think that it's the end of Tom Brady. Once they get on the same page and in sync, you're going to see a totally different Tampa Bay Buccaneer team. Brady throws a pass near sideline. Caught ball by Vaughn. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Brady throws toward O.J. Howard. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Mike Evans, touchdown, Tampa Bay. Scotty Miller in it. He's got the ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Ball, Gronkowski. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're hearing a whole lot of that for sure. I want to mention one stat before we jump into this. This is fascinating. Steve Levy mentioned this on ESPN's Monday Night Football. I thought it was a great stat. There is no player Mm -hmm. in the NFL that has been targeted more in the end zone since he started his career than Mike Evans. Evans. You were able Mm -hmm. to complete that sentence. I thought it was just a great stat. There's so many guys you could think about because of the pitch-catch combinations in the NFL. Certainly Brady would be on one end of it, but with Russ and Metcalf and Rodgers and Adams, I know he's been hurt. That's a great one-two combination. Maybe underrated because all the preseason hype was on Gronk, but I just sort of wanted to mention that. If you you look at, and Mike Evans may be that, you know, the number one guy, but if you go down the list of guys that are targeted in the red zone, they're all bigs, right? They're all 6'3", red zone targets. You know, Gronkowski, I'm sure, when he was in New England, he was heavily targeted in the red zone on that list as well. Okay, so bottom line, Sunday night football. Saints, Bucks rematch of week number one where the uh, panic meter was like, what's wrong with Tom Brady? Things nah, have changed. Six and two start, best start for the Bucks through eight games since Key won the Super Bowl with Brad Johnson and the boys down in Tampa about 17 years ago. Okay, so set up the barometer here. It's the rematch. They both got plenty of games under their belt. What's on the line? How much A.B. should we see? There's so much to dig into. I think you'll see some some A.B. I think you'll see A.B. run around that 25 to 30-plus snaps in the game. And when he's in the game, he'll be an important part of what they do. Uh, he'll lift the coverage. Uh, he'll he'll get some screens, and they'll give him some soft stuff, throw him some Throw him some screens, throw him some hitches, allow him to get his feet underneath him a little bit. Uh, I think more people are probably counting the New Orleans Saints out in this particular game uh, just because when you go back to week one and you look at New Orleans beating Tampa, people think, oh, well, Tampa Bay's not on the same page with each other yet. Well, neither was New Orleans. And, they, you know, Michael Thomas didn't have a great game. I think he had two catches for like 17 yards. But, Key, isn't it fair to say that they've had the Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Kamara situation working a lot longer than all the new Bucks pieces? Uh, that, that is fair to say. But when you have veteran players and guys like Tom Brady, they can get on the same page quick, fast, and hurry. It didn't take them long to be at the mark that they're at now. They're five and two, like week six, two against yeah, Carolina, right? They yeah, week two, so, boom, bounce back. They're six so and two. So you, six and two. So you bounce back and you start to get a feel as time goes on. Everybody gets to know each other. Tom Brady knows. Okay, in these situations, I can go to Mike Evans. In these situations, I know what I can do with Gronkowski. God, Godwin's been in and out of the lineup, so that's a little tough. In these situations, I know that I could get the ball to Leonard Fournette. I could get the ball to Ronald Jones as long as he holds on to it and doesn't fumble. Those are the sort of things that you start to, to to gather as an offense. And once the New Orleans Saints get Michael Thomas back in the fold, Emmanuel Sanders back in the fold, I think this is going to be one of those shootout-type games where it's going to be high-scoring and high-flying. And 
New Orleans will probably wind up getting the best of them because Tampa's riding high right now. I'm just stoked to see this game because, first off, for the high offensive power juggernaut that it's going to be, but also, I, you know, it's been a while, Zubin, since I've seen Antonio Brown play. And when you start looking at some of the stats, I'm like, oh, 731 career receptions for 11,619 yards, 83 touchdowns. Like, the the numbers are kind of mind-boggling with how talented he is. Key, Like, what – Offensively, obviously, that he brings the energy to the table, but also, like, how many how many more weapons can Tom Brady ask for? I mean, obviously, you're waiting for Chris Godwin if he doesn't play with the finger surgery that can allow Antonio Brown to get more minutes. But I mean, ultimately, everybody's healthy on this team. I don't see how they're not one of the major favorites to win the Super Bowl. I think they are. I think people are looking at them as one of the favorites. But there's other teams within the conference, whether it's Green Bay, Seattle, New Orleans. You know, they're, they're, they're there. Um, they do have some weapons, but it's only one football. So you've got to kind of decide in certain situations who benefits the most and the best out of those situations. I, again, I think Antonio plays 25 to 30 plays. He'll get the football. He, he'll get, you know, six or seven targets to kind of see where he's at. In practice, you can't really gauge where a guy is at. Z. you got to kind of see – in the games if he's still the same player that he was from two years ago. I mean, it's fair. He hadn't played in two seasons. Let's say he balls out, plays many more snaps than you anticipate. Let's just say he has a great first game. Because remember, the small sample size with Tom Brady in New England, they played the Dolphins, he was excellent, and then he was like immediately cut because obviously he's got all these off-the-field problems. And Mr. Kraft, the owner of the Pats, was like, I just can't have this. This decision went above Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. But let's just say he balls out. Then... Do they vault ahead of everybody in the NFC, or is there still you need to see more? If he, they ball out in game one, dudes, like you just said, guys can get together, vets can find their space. What happens then? Well, if you go back to the New England game against the Miami Dolphins, there was an emphasis on getting him the football. Tom Brady threw him the ball two to three to four times immediately out the gate. I mean, he, you know, he had four or five catches, 50-some yards. So it wasn't a statistical explosion, but it was interesting to see how New England decided to utilize him when they got him. I think you'll see some of the same things in Tampa with Bruce Aarons and Byron Leftwich, that they'll try to utilize him, give him some touches to see where he's at more so than to have him explode onto the scene. Do this take them to the next level? I don't know if it does. Mm, really? I don't know if it takes him to the next level because they've got to utilize him along with Chris Godwin, along with Mike Evans, along with Gronkowski. You can't forget that you got Leonard Fournette back there. You can't forget that Ronald Jones is there. Mm-hmm. When you have all these names, people get enamored with that, but it's only one football. Mm-hmm. But, Key, wouldn't you trust in the greatest quarterback of all time to manage that? Isn't that why it's not, Tom? It's not about a it's not about a managed situation. I think Tom Brady and I think Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich both will do what it need they need to do to make the offense roll a certain way. But what happens is if someone decides to take this guy out of the game or this player out of the game, now you only got what they would consider may not necessarily be the weak link for your team, but the defense may not be scared of. The defense may not be scared of Mike Evans, for instance, right? They may say, we're going to take Gronk out. 
we're going to take we're going to take AB out. Those are the two guys we're going to take out. Tom Brady's going to have to beat us with Mike Evans. And they're going to put their best corner in Jalen Ramsey on Mike Evans, and that's going to be the matchup of the game. Now, what if Jalen Ramsey's getting the best of Mike Evans in that particular game? Now those other two weapons aren't available to him. So just because you have the names don't necessarily mean that it's going to be this great offense of explosion. I hear you, but you also talk about this Tampa Bay team with the best defense in the NFC, right? I mean, so uh, I would, you combine their defense. Their defense is good. Yeah, yeah so you combine, their, yeah, you combine their defense with the offensive weaponry that they have. I mean, they have to be the considerable favorites. I mean, I know Seattle. I know the Saints. I know the Packers. Other teams are there. Seattle, we're still waiting to find out what the next version of their defense is. Carlos Dunlap, Jamal Adams coming back. We'll get a chance to see them soon. But, I mean, with things on paper, you would have to say that Tampa Bay is a considerable favorite. I, I don't, You know, Jay, I watched them play against the Giants the other night. And they struggle to get that win. If Danny Dimes does, if Danny Dimes doesn't dime it over to the other team <laughs> for whatever reason, he was nickel and diming. Yeah, Danny nickel sense. and diming. Danny sense. The Giants get out of there with <laughs> oh, a W. And you say, you say, how could that be? Well, they did never. Good teams do have stinkers from time to time, but when you play against teams like the Giants, you don't. They don't even hang around. You get rid of them. Think about Tom Brady in New England. When he was in New England, they got rid of them type of teams. They didn't mess around with no sorry yeah, teams. But every team has had some of those stinkers or those close games. Key, that's where we are this year. The Giants. We should mention the most obvious thing of all, but everybody says they're on board. I mean, this is a guy that just has not been able to last with any organization. Yes, he was in Pittsburgh for a while, but he has not been able to last with his last couple of organizations. That's obviously everybody's saying the right thing. Arians, Brady, he's great, all that stuff. But we'll wait to see. His track record might indicate it's a little more difficult than originally thought. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. We will head to the Shell Pennzoil performance line in one minute to get one of the most passionate critics of Adam Gase, who got quite the birthday present yesterday. We'll explain all of that after we roll through SportsCenter. And we will begin with the Dallas Cowboys. More bad news. If that's even possible. And there's more bad news coming, by the way. They have placed Andy Dalton. I'm just, these are straight facts. He placed Andy Dalton on the reserve COVID-19 list. He's also obviously been in concussion protocol. He'll not play in Sunday's game against the Steelers. That's the even worse news. Pittsburgh comes in as a 13.5 point favorite. Of course, they're the NFL's only undefeated team. Here's Cowboys owner Jerry Jones on 105.3. The fan in Dallas on last week's starter, or I guess early this week's starter, Sunday, Ben DiNucci on Sunday Night Football, where the lights were bright, but a little too bright for Ben. Well, I think uh, that, that it was a lot for him. I think we uh, certainly, as a team, paid the price to uh, have him come in and under those circumstances, and that's almost right. Uh, it was, uh, frankly, uh, more than he could handle. That's fair. That is very fair and probably a little generous. Wisconsin, the state, simply can't handle what's going on with the coronavirus. It's a huge hotspot. They build a field hospital, hoping for the best out there. Put some priorities in place here. Wisconsin's game with the Boilermakers is done. It'll be a no contest, much like their game with Big Red Nebraska was ruled a no contest, mostly because the Badgers just have too many active cases of COVID-19. They've got 27 total active cases, 15 of them student-athletes. So, again, done Wisconsin is now getting a smaller path to try to make the Big Ten title game because they're just, frankly, running out 
of games. And running out of superlatives for Keys man Mookie Betts, who won his fifth consecutive Gold Glove Award. He becomes the sixth active player with five Gold Gloves. Add that to a couple of World Series championships. Not bad for your 20s. He's got a long way to go. Great career ahead of him. It's already been great. And SportsCenter is brought to you by Barbasol. Barbasol shaving cream comes out thick and rich and doesn't break down. That's why Barbasol is America's number one shaving cream. Close shave America. Close shave Barbasol. I think Jay wrapped it up pretty succinctly. That seems fair. And we're more. We are going to the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, where we're joined by Damian Woody, ESPN NFL analyst. Again, on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, brought to you by Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. He celebrated his birthday yesterday. He is an ardent critic of what's going on with the Jets Happy right now. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah, D. Wood. Good Happy morning. Birthday, Good morning, man. How you guys doing? Real quick, this is kind of funny. I know this is, Jay, you may not know this. I just kind of know this is a nerdy TV thing. If you sing Happy Birthday on television or on the radio, there's actually a guy. It's not a joke. This is a guy that's copyrighted Happy Birthday, oh. and you could actually be fined. Why would you say that? Oh. Just throwing it out. Right. Just throwing it. Be careful. Be careful. I still wanted to wish you, Damien. I, I sing the Stevie Wonder version. <laughs> Stevie Wonder version. Always better in anything. Uh, Damien celebrated a birthday yesterday. We heard Joe Douglas come out and say that Adam Gase is part of the solution. We want him to help fix this thing. I imagine I can just put that on a T for you and you could take it from there. <laughs> well, listen, when I initially heard it, I'm like, what? Like, what are you, what, what are you talking about? But listen, the reality is your GM, you, you're not going to go out there and bash your head coach in the middle of the season right now. We all know that Adam Gase, I um, mean, and quite frankly, quite, quite frankly, the whole organization has done, um, has underperformed. And that's saying in, in, in the least, um, as far as this season is concerned, uh, there's a lot of this. T- this roster is talent deficient. Um, the coaching has been bad, and and obviously has led to a team that hasn't won a football game this year. So um, Joe Douglas in his in his press conference, he admitted all all of that. He you know to a T to a man, he admitted everything that's been going on with the organization is not good enough, and these you know all these things are going to get addressed after the season is over with. Damon Woody, how you doing, man? Happy birthday. Hmm. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, Keith. Yeah, always always good to get another one in. Um, That's you, right. <laughs> I, I'm so fatigued to talking about the Jets, really, to be honest with you. I'm going to move on, and I'm going to talk about I feel the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. How come the Steelers aren't necessarily getting their respect uh, on a national level that they probably should be getting, being undefeated? You know, Keith, that's a good question, man, because I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers as one of the, one of the most well-rounded teams in the league, and – I think the thing that I appreciate the most about when I watch the Steelers, they find a variety of way to variety of ways to win football games. And at the end of the day, Mike Mike Tomlin shouldn't apologize for how they win football games because they're undefeated. You know, some weeks it might be the defense that'll win it for them. Big Ben has done has done it. You know, some weeks. So, you know what? You know what? Key at the end of the day, man. All it all it is is if you win by one, great. If you win by thirty, that's great too. And they're just gonna keep piling up wins along the way. When you look at the, the let's let me put you in the the captain's chair of the Dallas Cowboys. If you were the general manager of the Cowboys, would you just blow this thing completely up and then move on and maybe look at I don't know if you're a top three pick, look at Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, depending on what you're getting back from the doctors on Dak Prescott. You know, Key, I just watching the Dallas Cowboys and everything that's transpired, I honestly would blow it up, Key. 
because when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, everyone talks about Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, the wide receivers that they have. But really the strength and the core of that team over the years has been their offensive line. Okay, we saw Travis Frederick, you know, they're all pro center. He retired. Tyron Smith, he's out for the year. Leo Collins, he's out for the year. This is a unit that's been a strength of the Dallas Cowboys over the year. Uh, It's been a big reason why the Dallas Cowboys have been competitive and been in the postseason. But this this office line is getting older. They're, They're injury prone. And so when I look at it, I think the Dallas Cowboys should hit the reset button. Mm. D. Woody, with uh, no Chris Godwin, do you expect to see A.B. against the Saints this week, and how much do you expect to see him if, if he do? I do expect to see A.B. this week. You know, you know they've been, there's been some injuries uh, on the perimeter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, the one thing about A.B., he's always kept himself in, in terrific, terrific shape. You know, we can talk about the things off the field, but when it comes to on the field, there's not too many wide receivers that do a better job of you know, practice habits and then carrying that over to, to football games. Now, it's going to probably take him a little time to get his sea legs on, up under him because we haven't seen Antonio Brown play, you know, meaningful football since 2018. But I think with him reunited with Tom Brady and, and clearly seeing the, 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 you know, the influence that Tom Brady had as far as bringing him in, I think he's going to be eager, eager to go out here and uh, show, show people that, you know what, I'm still Antonio Brown out here. A, a player that's been eager to show you know, how talented he still is is Aaron Rodgers. Key and I got into a huge debate the first hour of the show. Uh, it that, wasn't huge, so don't sell it like that. It's huge. <laughs> uh, that they um, that I thought they should have made a move by the trade deadline to get a guy like Will Fuller. Uh, Key disagreed. Why do you think the Packers didn't pull the trigger, and do you think it was the right move? Well, listen, I – I think the pack. First of all, let me answer the first question. I think the Packers didn't make that move because they value drafting and developing guys. That's always been their motto in Green Bay: is that they want to uh, they want to sustain their roster by drafting and developing. Now, with that being said, you know Aaron Rodgers is is a generational type quarterback. He he's one of the best quarterbacks we've seen in this generation. And uh, I was a little perplexed why they didn't make a move because. If you're going to capitalize, we know that Aaron Rodgers is on the back nine of his career. If you want to try to capitalize on the way Aaron Rodgers is playing right now, now would be the time to add a, a additional veteran wide receiver that could possibly help Aaron Rodgers. But I think at the end of the day, the compensation just – the Green Bay Packers didn't feel like giving up that type of converse, com, you know compensation considering they like drafting and developing. That is correct. Thank you. I one for Keyshawn there, Damon Woody. Um, <laughs> Damon, Damon, the trade deadline obviously came and went away at 4 p.m. Eastern time yesterday. What teams out there outside of the Packers should have made a big move to help them with a playoff push? Wow, Key, that's, 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 that's a good one. Um, I, don't, I don't know if any other team is going to really, you know, has a – has to really make a big move um, to, you know, to give them a playoff push. I like what the Seattle Seahawks did with Carlos Dunlap. I think getting him and then getting Jamal Adams back when he comes back off injury will help that defense because Russell Wilson is just carrying that whole team on his back. So I I like that move. Um, But I don't – Key, I think, honestly, with the salary cap situation, what it's going to be next year where it possibly could be dropping, 
I think that scared off a lot of teams as far as making a move in the trade deadline. We got to mention our man, the Huge. birthday boy. Give the birthday boy the day Stop. after his birthday, the day off. He is just everywhere. I saw him on Sports Center earlier this morning, joining us this morning. Go enjoy your birthday, and thanks for the perspective. Happy belated, by the way. I appreciate it, God. Thank you. Don't let him work you too hard, man. All right, D. Wood, take that day off, man. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, you would know about that. Hey, Z, oh, go ahead. Oh, wow. you know. Speaking you of putting it yourself. on a tee, wow. Still to come, numbers that even the most ardent Carson Wentz fan can not defend. Wait until you see these. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'm not sure either of those options, particularly the latter, is palatable for anyone. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin with you this morning. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We will talk to one of the bright young players in the NFL who's just burst onto the scene. The second he stepped on the field, Darius Leonard of the Colts, he's coming up at 8.10 a.m. Eastern. So you heard three voices there. Tim Hasselbeck, former quarterback. Carson Wentz, current quarterback and battled of the Eagles. And Dan Orlovsky. No, duh, that was Dan Orlovsky oh, there. Oh, okay. I was like, I didn't realize Tim's voice. I thought that was Dan. Yeah, My I bad. worked with uh, Tim for years, and that was Dan as well. Dan being pretty darn forceful. So, Carson Wentz, the struggle. Sure, they're in first place. Sure, they're 3-4-1. and one. All of that talk is there. But the question continues to circle, is it time to bench Wentz? We'll also talk about the guy that he used to be a teammate with in Foles and whether it's time to bench him as well. But let's stick to Wentz. In Philly, here's some numbers I mentioned a few moments ago. Even if you're a huge Wentz fan, sure, I get it. I get it. But listen to these numbers, and then you tell me what you think. All right, fellas, you ready for this? 2020 Carson Wentz. So this year, Wentz. I'll go slow here. Three separate categories, a lot of numbers, but just let's parse them. In 2020, Carson Wentz has 16 turnovers. That's a lot. We're halfway through the season. In 2019, the guy I'm comparing him to had 16. This is through the first half of the season. Let me guess. In 2020, hang on one second. I wanted to keep doing the game show thing. Okay. Behind the second door, <laughs> Carson Wentz in 2020 so far has been sacked a staggering 32 times. Oh, 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 I know who this is. And last year, this dude had been sacked through eight games. 30 times. Very similar. Ooh. Last one. Are you hurt? I mean, is that a boo or Oh, you're asking. You're ooh, raising ooh, your hand. I, in class. I know who that is. <laughs> okay. Paid off here after the last one. And this year, Carson Wentz, completion percentage of 58%. Everybody tells me from wideouts like key to quarterbacks, you got to be at least at 60 for even me to consider you being legit. And in 2019, this other dude was at 59. One percentage point better. Zoom, so, you know who Key is? Key was a kid in class who was raising his hand and was like, oh, 
oh, oh, oh, me, oh, me. He's that person. Not really. Since you did raise your hand, would you like to (laughs) sort of tell us who this comparison, these grisly, terrible numbers that Wentz has put up, compared to who last year that put up similar numbers? 16 turnovers. Are the turnovers just turnovers? Period. Right. Fumbles, interceptions, interceptions. although this guy's been known to throw picks. At an alarming rate, it would have to be Jameis Winston. He is correct. It'd have have to be. Yeah, it has to be. (laughs) Okay, so what is that? Here's what I would say, though. You mentioned sacks. You said he got sacked 30 times, 32 times? 32 for Wentz, 30 for Jameis. Here's what I would say, though. Okay. And and this is not getting either one of them out of the weeds, so to speak. Um, Both offensive lines, Tampa Bay's offensive line was not great last year. And Carson Wentz's offensive line this year is not great. So you can contribute some of those sacks to bad offensive line play. If you think about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they went out and drafted talent to assure – up that offensive line. So let's move forward from there. Carson Wentz has been up and down throughout his career in Philadelphia. Right. Philadelphia Eagle fans and Philadelphia Eagle supporters have a love-hate relationship with Carson Wentz. They thought, they thought Carson Wentz would be the best quarterback in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles when they drafted him. He would surpass Donovan McNabb. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that Carson Wentz is will end his career as a Philadelphia Eagle. With that being said, hmm. he's had some limited play at the skill position, the wide receiver position. They drafted Jalen Rigger in and out of the lineup. Even with all that, Deshaun Jackson hurt in and out of the lineup. Even with all that, he still hasn't lived up to the number two pick overall. And the money. And the money. They paid him too early. He's supposed to be in a... Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield type conversation. He shouldn't have been in the Jared Goff $100 million conversation, although he did play well prior to getting hurt against the Rams to help them advance to the Super Bowl. Get home field. And get home field advantage. He did do well then. Wait, should Jared Goff be in a $100 million conversation as well? Yeah, he led his team to a Super Bowl. He certainly should be in a $100 million conversation. I'm just talking about the way he's playing this year. Okay, Mm -hmm. No, he's playing. He had one bad game. I know. He's played well up there. If he didn't have that one bad game, we would be having a conversation about, should he be in the MVP conversation? We would be having that conversation about him. But he had that stinker, so it's kind of like, ah, get him out of here. But I think Carson Wentz, when you look at it, though, for what it's worth, he hasn't lived up to the billing at all. Uh, you're not looking to bench him. You're not going to do – they're number one. They're in first place. And whatever that means within that division, you know, that's what it is. We want to mention Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive celebrating eight years of donating cars to veterans in need. Learn more at keystoprogress.com. i got to get a yes-no answer here because uh, we're up against it radio term. Would you bench – Nick Foles, obviously the guy inextricably linked with Carson Wentz in Chicago. Bears are going to be at the Titans, by the way, this week. Eagles on the bye. No, I wouldn't. I would not bench Nick Foles. I would encourage him to play better. I would. I would let Mitchell Trubisky do his thing. All right, let him do his thing. That's I told you guys he was going to come back into the picture. Everybody said it was done. It's not done. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we're asking you this morning on the Dr Pepper call in line: Who is part of the Jet solution? Who is part? Of the problem, Darnold, Adam Gase, the head coach, or Joe Douglas, the general manager. And on the way, we'll discuss it. Why the coach with the hottest, most scalding seat in the league 
might be sitting pretty this morning. That's on. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.